Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Have you ever had a dream so big that it moved you and forced you to make changes in your life that were difficult? In this episode, my goal is to tell my story and the big dream that propelled me to make significant changes in my solo cleaning business, in our family finances, and in our future. To prove to you that you need to get a big dream yourself. And when you get a dream that's so big that it forces you to move, it forces you to change, then you will start to have the same kind of results that I did in my solo cleaning business when I optimized it down to two days a week at the same income level. And you've heard that story already, but the story you haven't heard is what was the fuel for me to accomplish those results. Please allow me to take you on a journey that begins in March of 2010. At that point, Teresa and I had just two kids. Kenny was five and Christiana was two. So let's go back to that place and let me play a clip for you and then I'll explain what it means. This is the story about Kenny Carfagno, the greatest adventurer, discovery man of all time. And he is a real man. Now you ask, who is Kenny Carfagno? Well, let me tell you about him. You see, when he was just a boy, a five years old, he used to do adventure stories with his dad. And he got a dream in his heart that he wanted to be the greatest adventurer, discovery man of all time. So him and his dad, when they were young, when he was young, they would go on adventures to the river, to the beach, to the mountains, to the, to the water holes, and they would find all kinds of treasures. And, it, and that's when Kenny's dream got realized and birthed into his heart that he wanted to be an adventure discovery man, the greatest one. And he wanted to go in search of treasures. And that's where it all started. In March of 2010, I was making up creative adventure stories with my five-year-old son, Kenny, at bedtime, where he was the main character in the stories. It was awesome. We were connecting so much as father and son to such a level that my wife encouraged me to record them. Record them? What? That's kind of crazy. But I listened to my wife. By the end of the summer of 2010, I had a complete 10-book adventure fantasy series filling up 22 hours of MP3 space on my computer. The clip that you just heard is the opening recording from the very first book of that 10-book series called Arctic Land. And you can hear Kenny saying, and I'm real. (laughs) This is the cutest thing. He's five years old. Now this guy is 15 and just about as tall as I am. It's amazing how fast time flies. But back in the mid to late 2010, I had all these recordings. I didn't know what to do with them. 
my original thought was, well, I'm just going to print them into a book form and give it to my son for Christmas. And I did that. I did it on Word document and printed out maybe 30 pages and tried to make it look like a book by putting the staple in the center. And I slipped it in a yellow envelope and gave it to him for Christmas and said, Arctic Land First Draft, December 2010. But a dream was growing. I could not keep it to myself. I shared it with some friends who encouraged me to share it with the world. We were just attending a new church for the first time and I met the pastor and introducing myself. Yeah, I'm Ken, my wife Teresa. Oh, what do you do? I have a cleaning company. And I just started kind of writing this book on the side and he just honed in on me. He said, what's this book? I was taken aback and I explained Well, it's something I made up, these creative adventure fantasy stories. It's kind of like Indiana Jones meets the Chronicles of Narnia. The child's the main character, and it's interactive. It makes the child feel like he is in the story, and the father and the son connect a lot. That's at least the experience that I had. He just stops me and says, Ken, you need to write that and share it with the world. I said, yes, sir. And so I was getting confirmation. People were telling me this is a good idea. And this dream started welling up inside of me. Could I do this? And then not long after, in my morning time as I read the Bible, sometimes I'll just flip it open and read wherever it lands. And you probably heard this story from other folks that have read the Bible. Yeah, they opened it up to this page and it was the exact message they need to hear. And that's how God spoke to them that day. And it's happened for me many times. On this particular day in early 2011, I did that, opened up to the book of Luke, chapter 1. I just started reading it. And when I read verse 17, it captured my heart and connected what I was doing to a bigger purpose. And I just felt like God was giving me my big dream. And here's the verse, Luke 1.17. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I read that part to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children over and over and over again, each time getting me more and more excited. If this book could connect me and my son in this way, and our relationship was way better, and he kept asking, when's the next book? When are we going to do this? What's the next activity? If it could do that for me and my son, what could it do for other families? What could it do to turn the hearts of other fathers to their children? And that dream, like I said, it just welled up inside of me. The next step was to realize I was going to need more resources in order to complete this dream. We were in a lot of debt at the time and I was cleaning five to six days per week. Thus, I lacked time and money. I also lacked the resource of knowledge on how to write a stinking book and get it published. I'm the guy that was amazing at math. I was great at art in high school and I was terrible at English literature Reading, writing, anything that involved the English language. This is a tall order. My SATs were a 700 in math and a 200 or 300 in verbal. I was not very good. So sure, God, give me the task to write a book. The 200 verbal guy on the SAT. But God didn't care that my SAT was low. He only cared that I had a dream. It's amazing how a powerful dream can get you to make changes in your life that you didn't think possible. So let's talk about the changes that I made during this time of my life. The first one is the area of money. 
My wife is a stay-at-home mom. We had a few kids at home, single-income family, and cleaning was earning $50,000, $60,000, enough to pay the bills, but we had $170,000 in debt. We were strapped. We couldn't do anything. It was hard. So we got a hold of the Dave Ramsey Total Money Makeover book and followed his baby steps. The debt of $170,000 was a mountain. We didn't think we'd ever pay it off. But we dug in. We really dug in to that process and we became disciplined to capitalize on what Dave calls our greatest wealth building strategy, our income. And our income wasn't that big, but we were able to shrink our expenses and find ways to pull $1,000, $1,500, sometimes $2,000 per month and put it to debt. And it became a lifestyle, a discipline of paying off debt. It was hard. We sacrificed but we made it work. The dream was pushing us forward. Today, that debt is gone. As a matter of fact, we paid off one-third of the total debt during this dream, a five-and-a-half-year journey to writing this first book. But I'll come back to that. The first thing, the first change that had to be made was money. We had a lack mentality, and we needed to figure out how to get out of debt, and we took massive steps toward that. The second major change that I had to make was in the area of knowledge. Remember the 200 SAT guy in verbal? I dug in to the craft of writing to produce the best tool that I could for other families. Didn't matter what my experience was. Didn't matter what I knew at the time. I needed to grow my knowledge. So here's what I did. I learned the art and the craft of professional writing through critique groups, acquiring mentors that were published authors. I joined the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, the SCBWI. I attended their conferences and workshops. I studied successful authors and the books that they wrote. And I dug into my genre of children's adventure fantasy. Listen to this. I was cleaning houses, had lots of time to listen to things, In a one-year time period while cleaning houses, I listened to over 100 books in my genre. And this includes the entire Harry Potter series. For those that like Harry Potter, those are some long books. And I listened to the entire series in one month. And then another 90 books on top of that. Plus, there was another dozen or two books that I read to my kids I mean, I needed to read them anyway. Why not read them aloud to my kids? And during that process of reading aloud, I discovered the power of reading aloud. Matter of fact, there's a book by Jim Trelease called The Reading Aloud Handbook. I read that and I learned how powerful it is and how much children learn when books are read to them. And this only fueled the dream more because the book went from just a book to a book where the child's the main character, to a book where it's interactive with lots of things that dad can do with the child outside of the book. It grew in scope. It grew in creativity. I was creating my first invention. And if I rewind to my childhood, when I was six, seven, eight years old, and I had a notebook always in my hands, and my pop-up would ask me, hey, Ken, what are you, what are you doing there? And I'd show my notebook. It was my inventing notebook, my inventor's logbook. I would just think of ideas, electronics ideas, mechanical ideas, sports-related things, whatever it was, crazy airplanes, I would write them and draw them out, 
And I told him, I'm going to be an inventor one day, Pop-Pop. And he said to me, Kenny, I know you will. I want you to make one promise. I said, what is it, Pop? He says, I want you to promise me you'll give me your first million. I said, okay, Pop-Pop, I'll do it. Now, I still regret saying that because my Pop-Pop is still waiting for that first million. He has not forgotten. Okay, back to the story here. So I had built up this book into more of an invention, a creative project, an interactive book reading experience, bringing in the factors of reading aloud to your kids, them being a part of the story, the dad being involved, all these dynamics together, interactive activities outside of the book itself. That's why the scope grew and it took me so much longer. Plus, I had to learn how to write. But during this time, my writing improved dramatically. I developed my voice. I was also making great connections inside this network of authors. And what this led to was the first two editors of my book who were professionals. They knew how to edit. And I learned by getting my book professionally edited and paying for that service, I learned how to write because I looked at their comments. And I would move from draft to draft of my book getting better and better. And I even picked up an incredible mentor. I want to give my buddy Christopher P.N. Maselli a huge shout out. He's the author of the Super Kids series, the Laptop Adventure series, and many more. An author of over 40 published children's books. Christopher Maselli. Chris, thank you so much for becoming a friend, a mentor of mine. Thank you for helping some guy that reached out to you through email that liked your books and you lended your hand and pulled me up to become a writer. I had no idea how to do this right, but you mentored me, you helped me, you even edited my book. You are incredible, incredible servant. Thank you for what you did. I learned so much. In fact, during this journey, I've had many parents ask me, what are some great books to read to my kids? And I have always said, and still say, to go grab Chris Maselli's books. The Super Kid books are a lot of fun. The Laptop series is great. I mean, it's a little dated now, but the concepts are still really cool. There's this laptop where you type in anything and that actually happens. And it's a really mysterious adventure. It's just really fun. My kids enjoy it. So not only did this networking and reaching out to authors that I was doing on a regular basis and reading their books find me a mentor, but it also found a publisher for me. Thank you, Darren Shearer of Highbridge Books for taking a chance with me, an unpublished author with no agent and no author credits. You took a chance with me because you caught the same vision that I had. So thank you, Darren Shearer of Highbridge Books. And how could I forget my buddy, Billy Altman? The Altman crew, who's a missionary for marriages with his wife at Family Life. He's actually the one that introduced me to Darren, my publisher, And he also has a graphic design background, and he's the one that helped me produce my interactive maps and my GAD logbook and the PDFs that could be downloadable. So thank you, Darren, for the graphic design input you had in this. It was just amazing for me to have a team. I had Darren, I had Chris, I had Billy, I had my buddy Vincent Puglisi, who I met along the way, who was cheerleading me on to writing this book in the final year. And on December 15th, 2015, Hybrid Books published Arctic Land, put it on Amazon.com, and I am a published author. A five and a half year journey 
of a dream being fulfilled. That is the incredible power of a dream. Now, before I come back to the book itself, let's go back to that third major change that I had to make because I knew writing a book, especially as I learned more and more on the craft, was not going to be easy and it was going to take time. In the beginning of this journey, I was working five and six days a week cleaning houses and offices. Therefore, I didn't have a lot of spare time. All I could do, because my dream was so strong, I had to make it work, I started waking up at 4.30 in the morning, getting a coffee, sitting on the little chair in my bedroom with all the lights off except the dim glow of the laptop. And from roughly 5 a.m. to 6.30 a.m., I would write. And I did it every single day, followed by a shower, getting ready for work, having breakfast, and out the door, cleaning till 5 or 6, get home exhausted, especially if it was a Wednesday and I'd been up at 4.30 three days in a row. Then I would do my best to give some energy and time to my wife and my kids, but I was tired. This was not going to be sustainable. I needed a better way to get this book done, but yet hold my income. Enter Ken the Engineer. And this is where the ISO model started forming up. And this is where I made the decision not to scale. I knew that if I was trying to scale and add employees, it would take up too much mental energy, emotional energy. I just needed to find a way to make the same amount of money to keep paying off debt, to continue to provide for the family, but to have more time available. How would I do that? Well, I'm an optimization specialist from GE. I worked in efficiency. I was a performance engineer, and I knew that a tiny 1% change could be worth millions of dollars in large machines. So I knew if I could do the same efficiency changes in my business, it could lead to more time. And it did. It absolutely did. And you've heard that story. It's incredible. I went from five and six days a week and implemented this new ISO model with smart goals and my optimization cycle and all the things that I teach in my ISO model course. I went from five and six days a week at 55000 a year in profit down to four and a half days per week at the same income, down to four days, down to three and a half days by the time I published this book in 2015, which was a whole two days more per week than I had at the start of the book. So at the start of the book, I'm working five days a week with only an hour and a half of writing time in the morning. And I tried not to do this on the weekend so I could be with my family and catch up with some sleep. But by the end of the process, I had my Fridays and my Mondays mostly off So I had three days where I was up early writing and then cleaning. And then Monday and Friday, I could write from 8 o'clock to noon if I wanted to. It was amazing. And then still spend the rest of the day with my family or get some other work done. As time opened up, it helped me speed through the process. And it gave me the extra time I needed for the publishing process. Because writing the final draft and doing the editing was very time consuming. But so was getting the graphic design together for my interactive bonus content and building out the 10 SE Survival Essentials Practicals that were meant to draw the father and son close together, like how to tap water out of a tree and how to build a lean-to and how to build a wood whistle and rock climbing wall, just these different activities that the father can do with the son. I wrote them all out. It became an extra 10 pages in the book, and I needed that extra time. So optimizing my business gave me the headspace, the emotional space, and the time to complete this project in five and a half years while maintaining my income, 
paying off our debt, growing my knowledge, and all of it was fueled by a big dream to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. After publishing my book in 2015, I invested 2016 to build a platform called Dynamics to connect fathers and sons, to turn the hearts of fathers to their children. I was using creative videos, blogs. It was a lot of fun, and my hope was to get fathers connected with their sons, and then I could get my book into their hands, whether they bought it or I gave it away for free. That didn't matter. I just wanted to get my book in the hands of people. And as much fun, as much passion as I had toward this dream, because it was a God-given dream, I knew that something had to change when the next dream was put in our heart. And the dream in 2017 hit was this. Our family had been living in upstate New York for 15 years at that point. We were away from our family in the Philadelphia area for a long time. Grandparents had been aging. And if you heard my story recently about my Nana passing, we made it back home in time to have a lot of extra Sunday afternoons with my Nana. And I was there in the hospital when we lost her. So in 2017, that dream started getting big. It's time to come back home to Philadelphia. It's time to come back home. Well, that involved a lot of work. It meant selling my business, moving our family, uprooting all the roots we had spent 15 years creating. And so in the beginning of 2018, I did sell my business, but I also had to put Dadnamics and Articland on the shelf. It was hard. I had to tell my followers I'm taking a break and everyone understood. They knew that I had some pressing, urgent matters, moving different states, selling the business. These are all hard things. And then moving into a new area where you don't have business developed, I was going to have to grow a new business, which you've heard so much about how I've been growing my new solo cleaning business. And I have to admit, I had put Arctic Land so far back on the shelf that it was dusty and I almost forgot about it until a few weeks ago when my third son, Kai, is a little bit older right now than Kenny was when I first started the Dream Story, when I first started telling Arctic Land to him. He's six and a half. He found my book on the shelf and he picks it up. And he says, Dad, this book's got your name on it. You wrote this book? I said, yes, son, I did. He pulled up a second copy I had. Whoa, Dad, you wrote two? I said, no, Kai, it's the same book. But his wonder and amazement, I said, Kai, would you like me to read that book when you're the right age? When you're nine, it's perfect age. He's like, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, he got all excited. My other son, Colby, who's now nine, came in. What is all this commotion? I said, remember this book, Colby? He's like, yeah. I said, would you like me to read it to you next? Because you're nine. You're the perfect age. He started bouncing. Yeah, I've been waiting to read that book. And so here it is. My first son is 15 and he doesn't want to read Arctic Land anymore because he's too old. This is really designed for eight to 12 year olds. And probably the perfect age is eight, nine, 10 years old. Some seven year olds can get into it. 11s and 12s sometimes, but really that perfect age is like eight, nine, 10 years old. And Kenny's way past that. But here I've got three other sons and I've always planned to read this to them when they got to the right age, but I didn't know if I would pick it back off the shelf anytime soon. But when my son Kai picked it off the shelf, it was symbolic. It's time to take it off the shelf, Ken. It's time to take it off the shelf. And so I got into prayer about that. I got my mission verse. It's been on my desk for years. It never left, but I looked at it differently. And you know what? The fire came back. The dream came back. I can start all over again, except this time I don't have to write a book or learn how to write. I've already done that part. I've already got the book. All I need to do is to get the book into the hands of dads with kids aged 8 to 12. So therefore, my new goal 
is to get my book into the hands of a thousand dads and their kids for free and just see what happens. I'm not going to spend a tremendous amount of time on this. If you're listening to this podcast and you have kids, ages, let's say 7 to 12, or you have grandkids or any kids in your family whatsoever and you'd like to get this book for free to give to that special dad with their kid, or if you have some friends or neighbors or co-workers that you think this could benefit that have kids in that age group, I want to extend to you a special invitation to go download Arctic Land and all of the interactive material for free at my website, dadnamics.com backslash Arctic Land. And you can see the link for this in the show notes. So go ahead, get your free copy and use it as a seed in your own family or families around you that it could possibly become a massive tree of connectivity between fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, something that this world needs so badly. All right, so Luke Cleaning School, I want to wind down this episode. Thank you for listening to the story of Arctic Land and the dream that propelled me through three major changes to get out of debt, to acquire the knowledge on how to write a book, and lastly, how to build a system with my solo cleaning business that would allow me the time to do the dream properly. And it's amazing how that time that was cleared up has become the basis of this solo cleaning school. So Arctic Land and Solo Cleaning School, they are linked forever. Arctic Land was the propellant. It was the fuel which allowed me to create the Solo Cleaning School ISO model. And I pray that not only will this book benefit you, but that this ISO model and this efficiency message that you're getting in this podcast will help you to build a business that can earn you more time without losing income or earn you more income without having to add too much more time. Either way is awesome. But just like me, for this to happen for you, you will need a big dream. So I encourage you, go and get yourself a big dream. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. <laughs>